You're listening to a podcast of the Sunday morning message from Grace Christian Church in the city of Cork on the beautiful south coast of Ireland. We hope and pray that it will be a blessing to you. Thank you, guys. Okay, I'm going to be talking today about disappointment, and I'm going to ask an honest question. Has anybody in this hall today ever experienced disappointment at some stage in your life? (gasps) Some people are putting up two hands. Some people refuse to put up their hands. I don't believe you. (laughs) Disappointment is part of normal life. Actually, could we throw on the air conditioning guys back there? Just press the button. That's great. Disappointment is part of life. It's a regular thing. And... Sometimes as Christians, we can kind of have a mixed up notion in our head that if you believe in God, you shouldn't have disappointment. Now, disappointment isn't something, we're not talking about losing a life. We're not talking about something major. We're talking about regular everyday things at work, at school, in relationships, this type of thing. But disappointment is a normal thing. But how we deal with it as Christians, hugely impacts your quality of life and my quality of life. If we can do this the way God has laid out in his word, the Bible, then we're going to be way better prepared to go through life in a realistic and in a mature way. So I'm going to be looking at that in just a second. want to welcome Cafe Church watching in on the live stream downstairs. Good to have all of you lads with us as well. Going to open in prayer. And I pray, O oh God, that your word, the Bible, we believe it contains the truth for our lives. And we pray, Lord, as we look at it and study it, that it would impact not just our intellect, and that's so important, but we pray for the 18-inch drop from our minds into our hearts as well. Help us to be the men and women we were born to be, to walk into our destiny, to be overcomers in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Okay, so disappointment deficit. How can we recover and move on? Um, Let me tell you about a disappointment uh, we had as a church and I had with it. We were searching for a building for our church community for years. Uh, I'd say we were about six years actively searching. And because it's so difficult in Ireland and in Cork, the city council are very strict about where you can meet. It's called planning regulations. And if you meet in a building that doesn't have planning regulations, Um, You're really open to all kinds of abuse and you can be fined and closed down and all of that. So we were searching for a long time and I remember we found a building out in Wilton, well beyond Wilton, out in Sarsfields Road. And it really looked a fantastic building. And we went and we looked at it and some of us got excited and we brought more people out and they got excited and... um, We decided we'd go further and we got some tests on the building and they looked okay. And then we put an offer in to the auctioneer who was selling the building. And the first auctioneer we were dealing with was really nice. But then another guy came on, the owner of the company. And we gave the offer, and I'm not exaggerating, it must have been eight months that I kept ringing him up saying, 
can you let me know, was our offer accepted or not? So we were renting a school hall. It was fine, but it was really difficult as the church was growing. Previous to that, we were in uh, community associations and all of that. So it was very difficult to run a church the way we were. And as I kept bringing this guy up, I have never heard such lies in all my life. The owners are on holidays. The owners are sick. The two owners aren't talking to each other. I'm on holidays. I'm sick. All I was short of was the dog getting my homework. You know what I mean? We were played a game. And it was going on and on. And the church was growing. And we, we couldn't do anything about it. Now, if you're like me, that just really disturbs me. God really taught me something through it. However... At the end of the day, it was another Christian pastor in the city who we're very friendly with, rang me up and said, we're looking for a building as well. We went to look at a building in Wilton, and the auctioneer there offered us a building. And we asked him, was there an offer in? He said, yeah, it was from one of your kind of churches, but I'm trying to get more. So he was using our offer in a very unethical and possibly illegal way to make more money. No, I got on to him the next day and I removed our offer. Nobody who was a Christian went near the building when they heard that. But I remember for about four months after it, I was quite disappointed. I couldn't understand what God was doing. I said, what are you, what are you doing here? This doesn't make any sense to me. And then the door opened here in this building. Out of the blue, quite miraculously. And I knew then that God wanted us in the heart of the city. We would have gone out to the suburbs, but God wanted us here. And so my disappointment proved to be something more than that. And as we can see, Joel Oldstein, pastor and author, says, sometimes what we think is a disappointment is really God bringing us to a new level. And I want to try and speak if I can or submit into your life that if you are dealing with something that's really disappointed you or you're facing into something at work or school or in a relationship or with your health that you're really disappointed with I'm going to pray and we're going to see from God's word how can you and I recover from this and see the bigger picture you see we can't stop disappointments from happening But how we respond to them, that's something we really can do something about. And how you and I respond to disappointments really impacts the quality of our lives. So that's what I'm going to talk about today. And let's go straight into it. We're told that the Lord will deliver us from whatever we're in. This is going to be a bit of teaching as well as a bit of preaching. Is that okay, guys? Okay. Psalm 34 is a brilliant psalm. If you get the time later on today or tomorrow, read Psalm 34. It'll feed your soul and it'll go more into what I'm saying. But I love this psalm, particularly the line that says, the Lord is close to the broken hearted. Did she say no to you, lads? Or girls, did he say no? The Lord is close to the broken hearted. If you're disappointed, he knows what it's like, and he's close to you. So if you're coming in today under a cloud, the Bible promises us the Lord is close to us. 
Allow other people into your disappointment. I speak particularly to the brothers here, to the lads. I don't know, we've all kind of got a bit of the macho thing going on and if we're disappointed, we're going to deal with it ourselves. And apparently, it's one of the reasons men die younger than women. Women outlive men, usually by a couple of years. And some of it, a lot of the experts are putting down to the fact that as men, we bottle stuff up and we don't like to share it. But the Bible says in Galatians 6.2, carry one another's burdens. Would anyone say amen? Amen means, yeah, I agree with that. We need others. Now, you're not going to tell everyone, but you need a trusted few who you can say, you know what? I'm really hurting on that. This has really knocked me. I thought I'd get that job. I really felt God would open the door for me to get that apartment. I really hoped I'd get better in my leaving cert or in my exam. And I didn't. And I'm disappointed. And I'm wondering, why did God allow it to happen? Can I encourage you to bring one or two others in? Share it with them. Let them carry the burden with you. They'll pray with you. They'll pray for it. And you'll feel better because of it. So this is what the scripture says. Learn the secret. Philippians 4.13. Paul said, the guy who wrote a lot of the New Testament, I have learned the secret of being content and it's a secret because the people out in the street there don't get it they're content if there's lots of money coming in they're content if she said yes they're content if they got the job they wanted but the mature believer and you could be a christian just for a week and you could hit on this paul said i know what it is to have lots of money and i know what it is to have no money I know what it is to be clothed and not to even have clothes. I, I, such was the poverty. I know what it is to be at peace, uh, living in a peaceful situation and to be on the run, be persecuted. But I have learned the secret of being content. If you get that, and what is it? It's realizing that God is in control. That whatever's going on, he's got a plan. He's at work in somewhere in your life and you are my current disappointment is just something on the journey that he will work out for our good. Hallelujah. So I'm going to be content. I'm not going to lose the cool. And you know what? People will smell that off you. They'll see it in you. They'll see that deep peace. And when everyone is losing it, you're okay. Everybody else gets a bad exam result and they're crying or the lads are angry. You're okay because you know somehow God is in control here. So the Lord delivers us from all of this. And change will come. Psalm 30. Um, I can remember being deeply disappointed in my teenage years at stuff that happened. And then I became a Christian at 19. And when I look back now, it looks like a tiny little anthill. But when I was 19, I thought it was a huge mountain. But you know, this too will pass. Take it from an older man. Whatever you're struggling with right now, it will pass. Change will come. And you look back and you'll kind of go, huh? Was I really upset about that? It's crazy. So just keep a long-term view. All of this is biblical. 
Disappointments will come, but God's word will help us to get through it, to recover, and to move on. So whether you're 18 or 80 in here, and we have every age group in this church, 18 or 80, you're going to be disappointed in yourself, in your circumstances, or in others. So how we deal with it is really vital. Psalm 62, verse 8. Pour out your heart to the Lord. He alone is our refuge. If you're disappointed today, don't just carry it. Bring it to the Lord. He is a far better refuge than any medication. Hallelujah. He's a far better refuge than sex. He's a far better refuge than retail therapy. Hallelujah. He's a far better refuge than going on a holiday. He's the best refuge you can have. So pour your heart out to him as part of our recovery and moving on from disappointment. What's really important in our lives? Philippians 4 tells us that he will meet your needs and he'll meet my needs. So if your disappointment is financial or it's something to do with your work, have faith God will meet your need. One of the names, the many names of God in the scripture is uh, Jehovah Yahweh Yaira. God will provide and he'll provide for you. I don't hear any amens. I prophesy God will provide for you. There's an old Jewish proverb. He who gave us teeth will also give us bread to eat. And he will. He mightn't meet our greeds, but he will meet our needs. So have faith in God. Count your blessings. Every morning when I pray, I count my blessings. Can I challenge you? Down in Cafe Church as well. Down the back here. Can I challenge you? When you come to pray, and I hope you pray every day, because it's good for your soul. Take a few minutes. You can be driving and praying, walking and praying, kneeling and praying. But when you're praying, thank God for all the blessings in your life. Will you sing a song when I was a very young Christian? Even back then it was kind of cheesy, but I think it's so powerful. Uh, who, anyone remember the song, Count Your Blessings, Name Them One by One? Who knows it? Would anyone sing it? Because I can't remember all the words. Anyone come up and sing it? Come on, are you going to sing it? Up you come. Up you come, Brian. Give him a round of applause. I never heard you sing, Brian. Yay! <laughs> Count your blessings, name them one by one. Come on, good man. Up into the limelight now. I hope you're watching this in Cafe Church. We've all kinds of talent up here. Okay, sing it. This is my moment. <laughs> <laughs> one, two, Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your blessings, see what God has done. Count your blessings, name them one by one. And it will astound you what the Lord has done. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your blessings, see what God has done. Count your blessings, name them one by one. And it will astound you what the Lord has done. Woo! 
Ah, fair buzz to you, Brian. Fantastic. Wasn't that great? Is it a cheesy song? No. no. But just as Brian was singing, it comes straight from Psalm 68. Count your blessings. If you are disappointed, remember all the positive things God has done in your life. You might say, I can remember as a young man, I saw that I was starting to go bald. I remember looking at the hair kind of going back and back. And kind of every month you'd see it going back a little bit more. And a little bit more. And I remember when I was about, I don't know, 27 or something, all these peak caps, like peaky blinders on the telly, the peak caps kind of came in in the 80s. And I was going around with a peak cap. And there was this preacher called Simon Matthews from England. And he had gone bald. He was about 10 years older. And he just said, you're losing it, lad. And he whipped off the cap off my head. <laughs> and he said, wear it like a man. And I said, I'm going to wear it like a man. But you can be something silly like losing, well, I suppose it's not silly, but if you're losing your hair and you can be really disappointed in that, you know what? Praise God, I didn't get cancer. Amen. Hallelujah. Think of the people who are losing their hair because they have cancer. God help them. So you count your blessings. I said, thank God I have my health. And I look even more good looking with my hair gone. Hallelujah. <laughs> Okay, some of you didn't clap. I know who you are. <laughs> what else is important? If you're disappointed because there's not enough of that, not enough money if you're listening on the podcast, just remember what 1 Timothy 6 says, you can't bring it with you. You can't bring it with you. You and I will leave this world the same way we came into it, with nothing. So if you're really taken with materialism or money, maybe you need to do a double check on your heart because it's kind of fake. It's kind of fake. It doesn't last. But what God does in our lives will last forever. Hallelujah. Okay. Look at Psalm 39.5. Our time on earth is so brief. My entire lifetime is just a moment. At best, each of us is just a breath. And particularly when you're younger, and if you're 18 and you got your leaving cert results and your whole life is ahead of you, praise God. And it seems like you're going to live forever, but life is so short. And it flies by. And the Bible says, man is just like a breath. <sighs> That's it. But eternity is forever. So our focus is on eternity. When you have eternity in your heart, disappointment goes into reality. And it won't steal your joy and your peace the way it will if God isn't in your life. Who's in control? What's going on there in our lives? Well, the Bible tells us the Lord is in control. Would anyone say amen? And for the Christian, this is the big game changer. If we are without faith, if we don't know who God is or he's not in our thinking, then if you're... Um, application for a job promotion and you get a no there and the door is closed or you don't get your exam results or whatever is going on, it's a bit like you, don't, you can't make sense of it. You don't have a compass like a sailor needs a compass to sail the ship. You don't have a compass in your life to move forward. 
And so we increasingly, in our culture in Ireland today, are turning more and more to medication. And I believe in medication, but I think it's really going a bit too far right now. Or we turn to some kind of counselling, and I believe in counselling, but we're doing it because we don't have friends, or we don't have a community. One of the reasons that Christians are the people the World Health Organization says live the longest is because we have real community. Never underestimate it. We put a lot of our money and a lot of our space and a lot of our energy into building spaces like the atrium upstairs with coffee so we can do community. Why? Because it's good for us and the Bible encourages us to do it. And when community breaks down, people break down. And you've heard me say that before. But the Lord is in control. We're not in control. Let's remember that when we're disappointed. I touched on this earlier, Romans 8. And this is for those who love the Lord. He will work all things together for good for those who love God. So if you didn't get the right exam results last Tuesday, God's going to work that out for the good. He's protecting you from something. We don't know it. We mightn't ever know it until we stand before him. But God is in control and he'll work it out for the good. Proverbs 3. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him. Praise God. So our tiny little brains just can't figure it all out. So let's not try and do as if we're God. God is in control. He sees the big picture. We see a little bit of it. This is really important as we're trying to work out what's going on. We might throw the dice, but the Lord decides how they fall. Proverbs 16. The dice or the uh, scriptural word is lots. Here's what they did. If they were really wanting to know God's will, and they didn't discern anything as they read scripture or nothing through the prophets. They would throw these lots or dice. And on them, the words yes and no would be written. And as they threw the two of them, if it was God's will, they'd get two yeses. If they got two no's, it wasn't God's will. If they got one of each, they need to go again. But again and again in the Bible, even into the New Testament, this is how they often... Ask the Lord if having prayed about it and if they still weren't sure. So even with something like how a dice will fall, God is in control. Doesn't the scripture say that not a sparrow will fall without the Lord knowing about it? So do not worry about what you will eat, what you will drink, what you will wear. Your father, your heavenly father knows what you need and knows what I need. So it's great for us to remember these things. One more thing I want to just look at briefly is don't get bitter. If you are disappointed, if the boss said no, if that job that you really set your heart on never worked out, or that relationship, and some of us perhaps have dealt with marriage breakup, or our partner is prevented from being with us, or whatever is going on, it's very easy to get bitter. But the Bible warns us about not getting bitter. It's like a time bomb. Proverbs 14 says that it isolates us. So the more bitter we get, the more isolated we get. And nobody wants to be hanging around a bitter person. 
You might do it for a while, but if someone is constantly bitter, people just drift away. And you end up totally isolated. It's not good for us. We saw last Sunday when we were looking at Simon the sorcerer with the sin of simony, how uh, he was full of bitterness. It can creep into a church just as easy. Ephesians 4 then tells us to get rid of all bitterness. And look at Hebrews 12, 24. Make sure no poisonous root of bitterness grows in you. It will only cause trouble and it will corrupt you. It will corrupt you and it will corrupt me. You know, when we were in holidays in France, I think it was last year, um, we were going through a new area and uh, I had Google Maps on the iPhone. Anyone ever use Google Maps? Okay, it is almost universal. Hasn't she really an annoying kind of a voice? It's... <laughs> I'm with your sister, with you, Martina. Anyway, apparently it's some computerized generated voice. But anyway, uh, the old sat-navs, you could kind of pick an accent. Not that I didn't against the accent, but whatever it is about her voice. Anyway, we were driving in France, and we were trying to find our way into this new city. And I remember we came to a roundabout, and we were on the roundabout, and Denise was next to me, and... Google Maps got all confused, like recalculating. She didn't know where we were going to go. The signs didn't really show where we were going to go. So we ended up going round and round and round the roundabout. And as I was praying during the week, I kind of felt the Lord say to me, I really did, that disappointment is like a roundabout if you're driving. You have to go through it, but you're not meant to stay in it. Some of us... And round. And you're not meant to. Remember the case there a few years ago, terrible case of some Roma people who came from um, mainland Europe and they set up in, I think it was out in Wilton, in the roundabout, or maybe it was the Kinsale Road one. They actually moved their caravans into the middle of the roundabout. Small children living there. Nobody's meant to live in a roundabout. And roundabouts are like disappointments. And some of us get into a rut and we get stuck on a disappointment. And if it was really important to us, that big disappointment is like a big roundabout. And I can remember we got off that French roundabout and I said to Denise, I don't know where I'm going. I'm going to go this road. And I remember we came off the roundabout and it led us to another roundabout. <laughs> and I remember there were three small roundabouts we had to go through and then another big one. But you know, it's a strange thing. We actually got on the right road. And then we had 100 kilometers with no roundabouts. Hallelujah! And that's like life. You can have a whole load of big and small disappointments that you got to go through. And then it's like there's no disappointment for years. We all love those bits in our lives, don't we? But you got to go through the roundabout. I can remember when... Um, the first roundabout was opened in Cork. I think it was the Kinsale Road one. I was young, but my mother was driving, and my mother didn't really understand roundabouts. And I can remember the government sent out, um, or the, the road authority sent out explanations how to go around a roundabout. And my mother went, Eric couldn't be bothered with that. She kind of didn't do detail, you know. And I always remember we went around the roundabout. It was either Wilton or Kinsale Road, and she said, yeah, this is a stupid thing. And she turned around, and she went down a one-way dual carriageway. And I was in the passenger seat. 
And everyone was flashing and waving their hands. And I said, ma'am, you're, we're going the wrong way. And she says, we'd be grand. <laughs> <laughs> and we were. <laughs> we were grand. <laughs> I'd say she did it a few more times when I wasn't with her. She kind of just did her own thing, you know. She certainly wasn't a woman who was going to stay in a roundabout. That just wasn't her, that wasn't her nature. Let's move on. I like what Martin Luther King said, civil rights leader and pastor. We must accept finite disappointment, but never lose infinite hope. Hallelujah. Never lose the hope. See the bigger picture. So very simply today, guys, we're going to pray that if you've been disappointed whether it's big or whether it's small. We're not going to ask you to leave the disappointment here. What we are going to pray is that God will give you the strength to recover from this disappointment. It might happen here today, and it might happen during the week. Something will happen. But we're going to put ourselves in the way of the Holy Spirit moving here, and you and I moving and recovering beyond our disappointment. Could the band come up, Ben and the lads? We're going to sing that beautiful song, Love Came Down and Rescued Me. Jesus rescued us when we came to him the very first day. And he is still in the business of rescuing. Hallelujah. As the band come up and get ready, let me share one final thing. I was praying driving into church this morning and I saw a vision, I believe it's from the Holy Spirit, of somebody walking around with a fog around their head. They were walking around, everything was clear, but their head was in a fog. I sense God is saying to someone here, your disappointment has you totally confused. We're going to pray today that you'll be lifted out of that fog. Amen. If you don't believe in any of this, can I ask you to just travel with us for the last five minutes or so as we pray the living God into the souls of those who do. Will we stand, guys? Let's throw the words up on the screen. When I call on your name, let's sing it and then the chorus. When I call on your name, you answer. When I fall, you are there by my side. You deliver me out of darkness. Now I stand in the hope. Let's sing it again. When I call. When I call on your name, you answer. When I fall, you are there by my side. You delivered me out of darkness. Now we stand in the hope of new life. By grace, by the grace I'm free. You rescue me. to pray, 
and you want to acknowledge a disappointment and you really want to move forward from it, if you feel like being prayed with today, would you lift up your hand? We'd love to pray God into that disappointment. Okay, I can see the hands going up. So please feel free to move forward. The guys are going to sing the chorus again. Will you leave your seat? We want to pray with you. And when the guys are up, maybe our prayer and care team could join us as well. Let's sing. Just move over here so we can we can pray for you. Would the prayer and care team as well come up and join us and just just lay hands if you're here. Praise God. Can I ask you guys here, just just in solidarity with these people who are struggling with a disappointment. I'm sure you know what it's like as well. If you're up for it, if you wouldn't mind putting a hand forward, you don't have to if it's not your thing, but just just as an outward sign that you're praying. Can I ask all of you here who've come forward, would you lift your hands up, not to me, to the Lord. Put the disappointment in your hands. Jesus, Savior. If we're disappointed in a person, maybe it's something awful that happened, and we need a healing in our souls. If we're disappointed in work, with study, in marriage, in a friendship, Maybe we're even disappointed, oh God, that you haven't answered a prayer. As the people of God are assembled in this place, we pray for each brother and sister here. And we ask you, oh God, your Holy Spirit would weave, that you would be like the weaver, weaving a beautiful color through the tapestry that is every life here and every future represented here. We weave a bright color of hope into the darkness of hurt and pain and confusion. Would you lift our brothers and lift our sisters out of that disappointment? And we pray, oh God, that the recovery would begin now and that would continue tonight and tomorrow and all the coming week and the weeks after. We pray that our brothers and sisters would be stronger and changed as a result of what you're doing and that that shadow of disappointment would never plague your memory or haunt your heart again we pray this in Jesus name for the person who is like a fog that the disappointment has really confused you I, I feel I need to lay hands on you if there's anyone here up here or down there represents that's true. Would you lift up your hand? Okay. Okay. Can I ask the other guys to take your seats? Thank you. Can I ask you guys to move forward? If there's anyone down there represents or identifies with the word, feel free to come up as well. You feel like you're the fog. The disappointment is confusing in you. Praise God. 
Can we join as a church and pray for these guys here? Will you pray with them for me? Hallelujah. Can I, yeah, I'm going to actually ask you to do something. Could you hold the hands of the person next to you? And as we're praying now, you feel the brother or sister's hands. And I want you to remember that. You're not alone. We bear one another's burdens, just like we read earlier. And we're going to pray now. We pray, Jesus, the confusion, the heartache, the fog that this disappointment is causing us to stay on a roundabout. We pray now, Lord, the fog would lift a revelation. We pray a clarity into your experience. We pray the voice of the Holy Spirit speaking through dreams and visions. We pray the written word of God would be a revelation to you. We pray the prophetic ministry into your heart and soul and that each one of you would rise above this confusion and that you would leave the roundabout and the fog that has hurt so much would be gone and the loving words of Jesus saying follow me would be clear and we pray oh God that our beloved brothers and sisters would fall in love deeply with you again deliver them now Lord because you love them and we love them too we pray around them just feel we need to pray the, the, the Old Testament blessing over you. If anyone knows any of these guys, would you just bear with me just for the final moments? Would you come forward? We're going to pray that lovely old prayer. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Let's pray for these guys. They're, they're low today. They're feeling low. Church really is like a hospital. If you're sick, we sometimes need to go to hospital. Church is like that. So we pray for each one of you. And we ask that the Lord would hear the cry of your heart now. And together into your lives, we pray. Can we pray together? May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord be the light of his hand and give you his peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Give these guys a round of applause. Let's encourage them. Thank you, guys. Hallelujah. Let's sing the song one last time. Just go through it once before we close. Let it be our anthem for the week ahead. I'm free. You rescue All I am is yours. I find a love.
you and I have new life in Jesus, praise God. And we can recover from whatever life throws at us. Thank you, each one of you, for coming and spending the time with us, but really with the Lord today. We're going to serve coffee upstairs if you have the time. If you have to go, God bless you. Remember, we're here Tuesday night, and the guys are going to play us out. Thank you, Ben and the team.